entrepreneurship is great, but can also seem overwhelming. Wouldn't you like to know the pros, opportunities, and problems with different business and investment strategies before you jump in? Well then, welcome to Entrepreneurship Exposed. All right, all right, all right. We are back again with Entrepreneurship Exposed with me, your guy, Bees, where we're going to go over everything related to entrepreneurship, all the types of strategies that are out there, the different business models with a twist of business acquisitions. There it is. Today, we got my guy, my bro, my boy, my peoples, Michiyamo. What's good, brother? It's about time you came on here, man. What's good? I know, man. I postponed it a couple of times, man, but I'm ready now, man. What's good? <laughs> my brother True, Bees, man. man. You know I had to do it for you, man. You know I, I don't do this much. You know that. Bro. You know I don't. Appreciate you. You, Look, be, you be bringing me out here. Introduce yourself. Uh, I'm, I'm Mitch Mitchell from Yamo uh, Logistics. Basically started trucking in 2017 and basically grew my trucking company to about eight to nine trucks between me and my brother in about two two and a half years. Ooh. Wait, you said he grew yeah. it how much in two and a half years? To about eight to nine trucks and, oh, yeah, drive van trucks. Wow. About, that's yeah. What's up. That's so. what's up. In two and a half years. That's that's a true story for people that's trying to get into that industry, man. And I'm looking forward to digging into that a little bit deeper. Let's right? dig into it, man. Let's go. Let's go. So so what made you decide to go into trucking, bro? Actually, the craziest thing is, right? I only got in I was I was only getting my CDL to kind of update my resume. <laughs> uh, I was gonna go into construction a little bit. And um what happened was I was gonna get my CDL. In 2017, I was going to get my CDL, and then I started tapping into the numbers, you know, talking to different people and seeing, you know, seeing how things work. And after, you know, when I'm in training, I'm like, okay, let me stay in this thing for a little second to see, you know, where I can take it. You know what I'm saying? And then I actually did my first year with one of the major companies, and I did a complete year, you know what I'm saying? And then after that, because I was business minded, I'm not really a truck driver. Everybody (laughs) associates me with trucking because that's how i was introduced to them but yeah. i'm more of a business mindset type person so i was like okay let me tap into it get boots on the ground so mm-hmm. i can see how everything goes in the industry and then i can see where i can you know elevate and, and kind of get myself out of it you know what i'm saying so once i started mm-hmm. seeing you know how i can take it and expand yeah. by the year in i bought my own truck after like one year one year and a day i bought my own truck Nice, nice. And then so I, I went on my own. The thing I love about that is that you basically followed the the cash flow quadrant from Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad, right? You're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it from my resume. Then I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna drive first for some people, be an employee. Yeah. Then yeah. you're like, nah, you know, I'm not really about that. So I, I need to be self-employed. You start off with. But then you realize, nah, right. not just self-employed. Exactly. You actually saying it the exact way. I always believe in janitorial steps for anything I do. So any business I get in, it usually takes me longer than most because I like to be the janitor. Then I like to be rep. Then I like to be the manager. Then I like to be the president. You know what I'm saying? So I have to go through all steps. So when I have employees, I automatically know all the SOPs needed to basically build the company up. It makes it the same sustainable. So, got you, got you, got you. That's what's up, man. And that's how it should be, right? Now, mm-hmm. what, there's many aspects of trucking, though, right? There's Very many so. aspects. There's dispatch. There's being an owner operator. There's a fleet owner. There's there's more. 
What aspect of trucking are you in, and why did you choose that? As far as my position, your 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 industry that you're in overall within your company. Oh, okay. I have my own authority. Mm. So with me having my own authority, I'm in the driving space. Um, <clears throat> I didn't pivot and go into the, you know, the uh, specialized freight like more. Well, Reef is really not specialized. Um, um, of heavy haul or uh, <clears throat> what's the other one? Uh, it's one more. I can't think of the name right now. But <clears throat> I didn't go into those areas because you know certain drivers need certain skills. I kind of wanted to yeah. get into the basics of it where it's easier to hire. You know, what uh, I'm saying it's easier to bring in drivers that doesn't have uh, the special skills that because if you bring in a driver, he has to pay attention to everything he's doing when you're dealing with certain freight you, yeah. you know you're hauling you're in a certain division you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. you have to you do yeah so you have to make sure that that driver is up to date and skilled because they can it can basically put you out of business if you're not having the right personnel in there in the right equipment mm, of course of course makes sense so you you're making the the smart the the, the path of least resistance choice i guess right <laughs> like that's up front up front, up front, right? Up front. Yeah, I like front. that. I like that. I, I, Tyler, I want to build the systems up. We hear something in your background. It's like a, I don't know if you have a TV on or something, so that's coming through a lot in the background. Oh, okay, okay. You me, uh, that real quick. Okay. But yeah, so oh, I'll let you fix that too. But yeah, the path of least resistant, you became a fleet owner instead of just an owner operator of like one truck or something, right? Is that the difference? Close that, close that door on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No problem. No problem. Is that the difference really that you made? It's like, okay, I, I, I was an owner operator first. No, no, actually, you were an employee first. I was an employee first. So I, I bought my truck, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was an owner operator. Basically, uh, I did containers first, actually. Mm. I started doing containers from uh, October 2018 to like maybe June 2019. Mm. And I was doing containers and I was going to the you know, the, the, uh, to the port. Yeah. Um, so I was doing that first and then I'm analyzing the numbers and I'm, I'm telling some of my colleagues like, yo, these numbers just not adding up to be what I expected. You know, you know, looking at the numbers, they was, you know, under $2 a mile at certain points. Now, of course, fuel was different at that time. True. And and then things was just different, you know. Parts was unlimited at that time, so it's you still make money, but it wasn't like the money I was expecting. I started off going to the port and doing that, and in 2019, I started my own authority and I had to start from the ground up. Mm. How, how, long did, how long did it take you to find your first drivers that you had under your own authority? Well, here's the thing. All right, so when I was with the big companies, I was already um, plotting. To pull a driver from the big companies, <laughs> so I was already I like making connections. I was already relationships over money, so I was already making relationships with other drivers yeah. while I was, you know, I was working with the big companies, and I was telling them, "Well, I know it looks like you know we're trucking and all this stuff, but I'm really not thinking on a trucking, you know, just a driver standpoint in my mindset. I'm really yeah. thinking of, okay, listen, what you made this week." And I'm looking at what we could make. I'm like, listen, I know in about a year, you can make more money than this. Just stay close to me. I'm telling you, I'm working on some things. So that's, yeah. that's, so basically, 
I got my authority in July of 2019. I already had a driver. I just needed the driver to get experience first. So Ooh. I was just waiting for them to go through the training. That that right there is a key gem for people to remember. That's not just in trucking. Right. That's in anything. Right. Like, yeah, this is entrepreneurship exposed. We talk about being an entrepreneur. We talk about, you know, running your own path and everything. But we're not shaming anyone that's in their nine to five. If you want to be in your nine to five, mm -hmm. that's cool. The only thing is that you really need to have multiple streams of revenue. So if you want to stay in your nine to five, make sure you're investing also so you got multiple streams of revenue. But if you do want to go down the entrepreneurship path, no matter which strategy, no matter which business model you get into, take stuff that you learned and experienced from your nine to five into your, your, your entrepreneurship life. In this case, Mitch took the networking that he was doing with other drivers and brought them mm -hmm. over. So that's a valuable that's lesson overall to learn. And, and so and now the training... And the yeah. training curve is low, low at that point because they was already getting trained as I'm building up my broker uh, relationships. Yeah. They are already getting trained. So now I have to do less training because I know how the company that we both came from, I know how they train. So now I can build a yeah. system based off the system that we was already using. So the learning curve is like minimal. So they come in green, red, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Straight green, ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Wow, that's what's up. I love that. I love that, man. Yeah. Now, I got to ask, and this is before we get deeper into the combo, right? Because most people are like, yo, trucking is awesome. It's the essential thing. It's an essential. The truck's always running. You'll never not have business. That, that has an aspect of truth, but maybe not the whole truth. That's Would you agree? That's not the whole truth. There we go. Be before you dig into it, just tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about how 2020 and 2021 affected you. Okay. Well, 2020 started off very well, uh, mm -hmm. number wise for, for me, it started off very well, but then because of COVID, if I can do it over, I would do it over because of COVID. I kind of, kind of stopped my trucks. Uh, I didn't run my trucks from maybe April to like June. Oh, right. I didn't run nothing. I kind of shut it down because you choose to do that. Well, because the race was very low from the race that I was previously getting. And uh, then, but what I didn't realize is the fuel was actually lower. So say at the time, say in January of 2020, I'll probably fill my truck up with maybe like $400. Right. Yeah. Whereas in maybe April, May, I can fill my truck up with $200, but I wasn't out there to see that. Now, no, like I said, me and my brother built the company up. He kept running. So I'm, so I started analyzing his numbers and I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's still profit here. Even though you might not be, you know, plus, you know, 100% or 200% in profit, there's still profit there to take, you know what I'm saying? And that'll keep the drivers busy and keep them working and that way you don't lose drivers in that standpoint so i didn't start running again until late june so i, I sat out for like three months whereas he kept running and it balanced out if you look at the, the amount that you're getting for the load versus what you're spending on fuel so that makes I, didn't sense. See that it. Makes I, I didn't see it at first but that's that's how you you got to go through the that's what you have a hands-on when I mean, you hands-on yeah. like that and you're actually doing it yourself because people try to make it passive and it's not then you can you can see where oh it still can run it's still a profit here to be made 
to keep, yeah. keep the business going everything kind of changes because everything changes in trucking over time so yeah that you know you said a key word there though because you know i've started and bought multiple businesses right yes mm-hmm. i started my trucking company and quickly came out of it when i realized it didn't fit my model my specific model is being it and, and i think my model comes because i was a consultant when i was in corporate america right I worked mm-hmm. at Microsoft. I worked at Accenture. They, as a consultant, they would send me into different companies to help to scale that company by process systems and people. It didn't even matter what industry it was because it was mm-hmm. still the core of process systems and people within a company and how to make that most efficient and such. So for me, getting into any, any industry as an entrepreneur and as an investor, it made sense. I'm like, okay, I can do it. However, I need an industry that I can be passive meaning it's not that the business is passive itself it's just that i want to be able to hire people in it so that i'm elevated out of it right and i felt in trucking even though i had people that i was starting to bring in and remember i started the company instead of acquiring i should have acquired at that time but even though i was starting (laughs) to put together my team of who i was going to have running certain aspects of it I still felt like, nah, I need to be really involved. This is one industry that you got to really be involved in the industry to know what's going on, know those trends. Like you just mm-hmm. mentioned, like you, mm-hmm. you sat out. So you missed the fact that fuel fell and that balanced off the lower rates. Right. So mm-hmm. that is why I got out of it because it wasn't as passive as most people was letting me, leading me to believe it was. And my model says that I need to be able to have multiple companies that are running that can pay me passively per se. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just keep growing uh, my assets under management that way. What made you say, nah, I'm still going to stick it through. I'm, uh, were you passionate about trucking overall or what made you just stick it through even when you realize some of those, you know, problems or dangers that you had to go around? Well, one, one reason I was passionate about it because it was a family owned business. You know, it is a family owned business. And, uh, you know, my brother kind of jump started me because uh, he was already in it. And we just felt like, you know, it was going to change eventually. It couldn't stay that way. This, you know, at the time, it couldn't stay that way for years and years and years. So yeah. once we start, we stayed in it and we started running and we started seeing things change, the numbers change and everything else. So when I say the numbers change, I'm talking about the rates. Right. Yeah. So. We stayed in it in late June. I started back running. He was already running. And in July, the fuel pretty much stayed the same. It went up a little bit. But the rates, they kind of they kind of started rising. So it was like, oh, the numbers looking different. So uh, when we when we stayed in it, we started making over two, three hundred percent because everything was still the same. Mm. Rates went up as far gas stayed up, low, low at the time, right? Yeah. So that's why we was like, okay. So it, that lasted for all the way from 2020 to through 21. So 21 was a our best year, ironically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know we did very well in 21. I mean, it was way more than what we expected. Put it that way. Got you. Got you. Now. And, and then, I had a company that was in supply chain management, had to shut it down Mm -hmm. because the supply chain crisis affected it big time. Right. Mm -hmm. 
how did that then end up affecting you and the trucking industry overall? Because 2020 gave you that increase. People staying home. People were ordering online mm -hmm. more than mm -hmm. ever, led to more mm -hmm. inventory that needed to be moved. Things started to rise up. Fuel was down. Everything was good. 2021 started to be good for you. But then the supply chain crisis started getting worse and worse throughout the end of 2021 and then into 2022. How did that affect you? Well, it affected me tremendously because in 2021, it was an abundance of, you know, freight and everything else. It's 2022. It seemed like, I mean, we couldn't figure out, you know, kind of where everything went as far as the loads. Like the loads was going, minimizing, you know, becoming minimal, whereas the, the actual fuel began to raise up, you know what I'm saying, and increase. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. now... They all, I mean, it's, it's only it was only so many loads you can choose from, versus, yeah. you know, what what the increase was on on the fuel side. So, I mean, it's, I, I I really didn't dig into the whole supply chain aspect of it. I should have got what you got with it, but I just started looking at it from a, just a freight standpoint. We could just tell that it was not a lot of freight out. There. Got you, got you. Has that eased up now more so? No, it's it's still heavily uh, out there. We, I mean, I think the bigger companies. Are, pretty much taking all the freight. If you don't have relationships right now, you're not getting any freight. Wow. So and, that, and that's huge. Relationships. In any, in any industry, you got to have those relationships. It helps take you through tougher times and helps yep. lead you to new opportunities. What's the best way to create good relationships in the trucking industry? Well, kind of what we was doing basically in 2020 and 2021 was we, uh, we was getting freight from the same you know, brokers, the same shippers and things like that. So they start seeing our trucks consistently come through. So we started getting, um, making contacts with some of the uh, shippers and uh, start getting on their uh, drop, their drop shipping or pick and drop uh, programs. Yeah. So because we had so many loads, I can basically put a package together and say, well, we's already, we already doing so many loads with you guys within the last six, seven months. So, let us get on your, your program, your dropship program, yeah. where we can get in and basically go directly to the shipper. And that's kind of how we was able to stay afloat and how we are staying, staying afloat by having those type of connections with the brokers and the shippers. So we have like direct freight. So so tell me this then, because now it's time we add our twist, right? Mm -hmm. Would it be beneficial to you if you bought some of those relationships? Yeah, nah, yeah, actually it would be. Instead of Instead having of building it up. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You acquired yeah. them, right? Now, I say that because you already know with business acquisitions, if you mm -hmm. acquire another trucking company, multiple, now you can scale your company even during those bad times because they already come with maybe some dedicated lanes. They already come mm -hmm. with the relationships with specific brokers and shippers and whatnot. And you're just merging that into your overall fleet. Is that something that you and your 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 company has thought about and plan on executing on? We thought about it, but here's the thing: Do you want to let go of that cash right now? Oh, but but here we go. What if I tell you you don't need to let go of the cash? That's a whole, that's, that's a whole different conversation. That's a whole different conversation, right? Yeah, that's a whole different conversation. So so the mm -hmm. key is. Something called a leverage buyout. I don't have my books near me. I always keep uh, some of my most uh, regular reading books that 
you know, is recommended in the BBI as well. And mm-hmm. one of them is uh, uh, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun by uh, it's a story of Reginald Lewis and how he became a billionaire, one of the first black billionaires of modern times, not like mm-hmm. Mansa Munsa and others from the past. And he did that by acquiring businesses, in particularly through leverage buyouts. And a leverage buyout, you're going to incur debt in the business in order to pay for the acquisition, right? So mm-hmm. now that means you don't need credit. You don't need cash. Sure, if you had it, that's going to help you. That's going to you know, mm-hmm. give you more options for other deals to get done that maybe the, the first one you know, wasn't available or something like that. But you don't need it, bro. You can actually acquire a business. Let's say you wanted a business, a trucking company that had 25 trucks, they they um grossing over three to five million or something. I know mm-hmm. I know numbers may not add up, but you, you get my point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and um they come with dedicated lanes, they come with all the relationships that you need. And let's say you do have to come out of some money out of your pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say they were selling for three million dollars. Let's say you had to come up with just ten percent, right? Let's say you didn't do a full mm-hmm. LBO. Would it be worth it for you to say, okay, I'll pay, what I say, three million, so ten percent, so what's that, three hundred thousand? I pay three hundred thousand in order to buy cash flow of a million. What would you do? <laughs> I won't go. I won't go with that big number that you said, but yeah, I would definitely, definitely, definitely look into it. Twenty-five trucks. Okay, okay. You know, well, just you know, we just yeah, look at that number. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but overall, yeah, it's a definitely approach, right? Scaling mm-hmm, your business mm-hmm. instantly. When you mm-hmm. acquire another company that, and what you want to do is either vertical integration or horizontal integration. Horizontal is you're going to buy out them competitors, right? You're going to buy people who are at the same level of the supply chain as you. They also drive in trucks. You buy them. That helps you scale your company. Vertical mm-hmm. integration, you want to buy people has, that's at different levels of the supply chain as, than you. So maybe one day you're going to buy the ships that are carrying the containers over the shipping lines, and then your trucks pick them up. You get exclusive rights to pick them up because you own mm-hmm. the shipping line too. <laughs> you yeah. see what I'm saying? Right. Or, right. or the, you the, the, the lane. Right. Say that again? You're basically buying the lane. There you go. You buy the right. whole lane. Acquire the lane mm-hmm. too. I, we Acquire say buy to make it simplify, but we're acquiring right. it because acquiring. if you do a leverage buyout, no money comes out of your pocket. Doesn't mean the seller doesn't get paid. Doesn't mean no money comes out of your pocket. So now you're acquiring mm-hmm. everything, all of their assets, all of their goodwill, their name, their customers, mm-hmm. their revenue. It's not, it's not just buying a business. It's a buying cash flow, right? So this helps businesses to scale overall. But gotcha. you know that's my realm all about business acquisition. Yeah, so let's get back to trucking yeah. overall. Right? Yeah. Now, yeah. I think it's time that we go into our pop segment. Because we already started talking about what the pros are and some of the problems. But let's really define the most important pros related to the trucking industry, uh, uh, opportunities that exist or that are coming up, why somebody would want to consider getting into it, and the mm-hmm. problems, the most important problems of getting into this industry. It's not things you can't overcome, but things we need to be aware of. So let's start with the pros. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do you think are the most important pros of trucking? Oh, man. Pros. Well, one, the consistency of pay. Uh, you're going to get paid every day. Um, if you have if you set yourself up the proper way, you can get paid every day. I mean, and the amount of cash flow that you receive, 
that you're in control of, right, is, you know, is pretty large for somebody that's, you know, getting into trucking and, you know, growing a business that you can kind of make, you know, off one truck, you can make 20 to 30,000 in one month, you know what I'm saying, off there one truck. You know what I'm saying? So for minimum to high, let's say 30. You know, some people make more than that. Don't get me wrong. Different di- different divisions pay different things. Um, yeah, some people will say that's low, right? Some people say 30,000 yeah. is low. But I'm being on the average, you know, between breakdowns and over a year's term, an annual term. Yeah. 20 to 30 is not bad. Um, so that's the pros. Uh, just the, so the before you go on to the next. Before you go on to the next, let me, because you mentioned something that I think is important too, right? I was looking at this business acquisition recently. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the numbers exactly, but let's say mm-hmm. they were selling for $5 million. Out of that $5 million, 3.5 is real estate that was already owned by the company. So now you could either carve out the real estate and say, hey, I, I just want to pay $1.5 million for the business and I'll lease from you. Or you mm-hmm. could you could keep it in and acquire it. Now you're getting real estate and you don't have to go through a mortgage if you're doing LBO because we're doing how we stack the deal is how we acquire the company. So we didn't go in, mm-hmm. we're not going to the banks, right? No, no uh, mortgage needed. Now uh-huh. this business is 1.5 million, but they're oh I'm sorry, and their profit is something like nine hundred thousand, right? Close to a million. That's mm-hmm. profit after everything is paid out. But their gross revenue, their top line revenue, twenty million dollars. Now listen to me though. You may be like, oh, that's a terrible profit margin. They're grossing $20 million, but only keeping about a million. I don't know if I like that. Okay. Maybe if you're building it up, that sounds bad. But if you acquire mm-hmm. it, you're immediately getting access to $1 million in profit. Right? right? On top of that, and this is what's related to what you said. Mm-hmm. Although that profit margin doesn't look good, the, the profit looks good, but that top line revenue is going to give you access to more capital. If you if you go to a bank and say, hey, I got this business, my business earns 20 million in revenue per year. Yeah, we only keep profit of this amount. They, they may not even ask that, but they want to know how much you're earning per year, how much money is exactly. cycling through your business. Now exactly. they may lend you 30 million because you got 20 million regularly coming in. Is and that I was the gonna same get into that too? Yeah. yeah, I was gonna get into that too. But also that's what I'm saying. You playing with you playing with a lot of money. So what you're playing with a lot of money that gives you access to get more money. I was gonna say that. But also getting in the truck and you can pivot into a lot of different er- different areas where you don't have such so much overhead because now you can start about three or four businesses off trucking alone. I mean, that's another pro. Like you can start your trucking business, right? Then you can have your dispatch service. Then you have a client service, you know what I'm saying? Then you can have a tax service. So a lot of stuff. And then now your trucking business, your dispatch business is contracted onto your trucking business. You can have a lease, you know, you can lease on trucks. So there's so many different, but you can have about five or six businesses of one trucking company as it is and, and keep everything in house. You see what I'm saying? Um, you actually even come, which is, you know, kind of tough, but you have to have the revenue to do it. You can actually become your own factoring company where you can take your uh, funds, you know, if you use the funds that you're, you're, you're having from the 20, 30,000 per truck, you can start a factoring company and now you can bring on other trucking companies. You can dispatch for other Ooh. trucking companies. 
So now instead of just you dispatching for your company, you can dispatch for six other companies, yep. seven other companies. Or you can have like some trucking companies have, they have about a hundred trucks they dispatch for because they're already dispatching for their company. Now they're dispatching yeah. for other companies as well. So there's other, that's, that's all the prop. Those are the pros that you can have in, in trucking. Like you can really expand in other areas. You know what I'm saying? To still keep your trucking company the same size. You don't have to actually grow your trucking company to an enormous amount of trucks. You can just yeah. use that as a platform to start other businesses within trucking that you can, you know, attach yourself to other companies. So, there I mean, that's go. that's there another pro. And I mean, there's a lot of more pros out there. Don't get me wrong. I know people yeah. going to say, oh, you forgot this. You forgot that. That's fine. But there's other pros. that There's a lot of other pros that you can tap into with trucking. Would you say... If you were to acquire something in the business, excuse me, in the industry, would you prefer to acquire horizontally, like some more trucks for your fleet or acquire vertically and get something like a a dispatch company that, you know, maybe you weren't doing your own dispatch originally. Now you acquire a dispatch Mm -hmm. company. You could also do your own dispatch, but now you also are going to be getting exactly what you mentioned. You'll be able to do it for other companies as well. So which would you think is best to acquire? I don't think it's a me thing. I think it's a whoever the individual is. Some people really want to be passive and they don't want to really, they don't, they just really want money. They don't really want to be in a truck and they just want to be able to get the money and go have fun. But if you really into your business, I would do both personally. I I don't really have a preference. I'm sorry because I got to do dispatching anyway. There you go. There you go. For my truck. So I'm like, well, oh, my trucks couldn't take the load, but if I got John, I got B's in a B's trucking, he yeah. needs a load. B's, I had this load here. Where's your driver? Okay, now I can assign you to that load through my dispatching company. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. so that's what I'm saying. Got you, got you, got you. So, okay, so, sure. so, so that's what I'm saying. Like for me, because I'm more boots on the ground, I'm more touching, I'm more inside the business. Then for me, I, w- I would acquire both. There you go. There you go. Okay. We heard it here first. <laughs> I'm hold you to that too. And be like, hey, what acquisitions have you made in 2023? I'm coming back. You know, we're going to ask that question. <laughs> here you go. Here you go. All right. So let's move into the opportunities now. Opportunities mm-hmm. that exist or are coming up in the industry. Why people should really consider getting into trucking. Why should people consider getting into trucking? I feel like if you really want to be hands on with trucking, you can get in the truck and I mean, it depends on what the vision though. You really need to study and, and figure out what you really want to do. Do you want to do hot shot? Do you want to do flatbed? Do you want to do drive-bed? Do you want to do, re- you know, reef? Do you want to do heavy haul? Like there's so many different areas you can go into. Do you want to just do this dispatch? Do you want to just be, so it just depends on what area you want to go in. Some people don't want to deal with the overhead. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, something like dispatching or, you know, teaching, educational, getting helping people get into the uh, trucking industry and helping them stay compliant. It's not a lot over here to that. It's more so knowledge that you're passing on to keep a trucking company going. So, it, I mean, it, it can definitely be uh, something that somebody can get into that they they can excel, you know, can sell and really make a profit on. Um, gotcha. That's what everybody thinks that you got to have a truck. You don't have to have a truck to be in a truck. But I would say, you know, get your experience up first. Yeah. You know, if you get the experience and see how it really goes, like try to do an intern, 
I mean, even as an adult, even even if you're not in college, try to do an intern, try to do a, I don't know what's the word for it, but I'll call it an internship where you, you might have to work for somebody up front. Maybe you get paid or if you say, yo, I, I just want to learn your business. Yeah, if yeah. You have the time where you can work for free and learn everything, then do it. You know what I'm saying? Because that'll help you avoid the pitfalls and the and the, and the downside of trucking. Because now yeah. you'll know how to make smart decisions. True that. But well, since you're mentioning it, the pitfalls, the pros, I'm sorry, the problems. Let's get into that now. And 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 before you ask about before you start on it, I want to ask, do you think it's a benefit for you to have your CDL as an owner? If I believe in having a CDL. Yeah. I believe in having a CDL because me personally, if you're involved with the business, it gives you opportunity to not rely on somebody else. If you have your own CDL and you yeah. need to apprentice, she said it, but it gives you, it gives you the opportunity where if say there's discrepancies with, you know, your employees, well, you can go handle it you versus your truck. Right. You go handle it. You go pick up your truck. Whereas if 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 you don't have a CDL, now you're at the mercy of somebody else or you have to contract somebody else to go get, you know, your equipment or what if you need repairs done and the driver's all work. Now you're going to drive. Now you got to pay the driver to get come in to take the truck to get repairs done or and most of the time they're not going to do that. That 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 would be, you know, something that you could do or if you. If you have a manager in place, they would have to do that. But do you really want a manager in place up front? You want to make sure that you're in a profitable before you start having a manager. Mm. So that's why I say have, you know, you know, kind of be boots on the ground. Like start off, yeah. you be the manager first. You learn all your SOPs. You learn all everything that yeah. you need to know before you hire somebody to do all that stuff for you. Yeah. So, um, but, hey, but as far as pitfalls, let's go into that. So the pitfalls. Wait, wait, wait. But, but what you just said, though. That's different when you acquire, because if you acquire one, it's already profitable for you to hire that manager in place, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what I'm getting with it, but okay, keep going, keep going, pitfalls. Well, uh, the pitfalls is, you know, a lot of people say drivers, 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 right? That's what everybody say. Yeah. Well, just like the big companies do, you you have to put them through a process. So, yes, it, it is a downfall, I feel, time-wise, not per se, driver-wise, right? Drivers will tell you who they are. Yeah. You just gotta give, you just gotta watch and give them a chance. Because if you if you know how to train a driver, if you're a driver yourself, yeah. you know how to train a driver, you know the telltale signs of what they will and won't do. Uh, I learned it, I tell the telltale signs through the interview process. Okay, yeah. let's see how much they know. Okay, so here's the app, fill it out online, get it back to me by five o'clock. If I don't, and I'm giving them 24 hours to do it, and they don't give it to me until six o'clock, you kind of know what you're dealing with. Ooh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? The telltale signs of who they are as a person. Yeah. People tell you who they are all the time. Yeah, you that's see true. What I'm that's so true. as far so as drivers, they say drivers is this and drivers is that, but a driver will tell you who they are. You just got to make sure that you have a system in place. You know, I'm all about SOPs. That's how me and you met. But <laughs> you, have a, you have a system in place to kind of let them tell you who they are. Yeah, you know true. what I'm saying? I do it through the interview process. True, I give them true. tasks to do. And if they don't get those tasks done by a certain time, then I know what I'm dealing with. Exactly. So do I Do I put, all right, so do I put that driver uh, application first or do I put his application in the back? Okay, this driver did everything right. 
okay, well, now let's meet face-to-face. So when I meet them face-to-face, let's see what they know. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Let's see how they take instructions. They'll tell you who they are. So drivers, as they say, is one pitfall. I think training. Training. Is a pit. I think training is a pitfall. I think understanding – it's almost like having a disc assessment, understanding the person that you, you're working with. Yeah. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Makes, that makes uh-huh. sense. So would you say disc assessments are useful in, in – uh applications not 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 the, the corporate disc assessment you yeah, have to yeah. create your own you create your own scale yeah. down version to yeah. assessment okay got yeah. you got you got you, you know now yeah, so well so but what That's about one. what about the large corporate entities the amazons the you know the bigger dogs and how they're basically they offer more to drivers right is that something that's hard to keep up with because they're taking all the good drivers or all the main drivers because, you know, they're hiring like crazy and they're offering insurance and all types of other benefits that mm-hmm. you may not be able to offer. Is that a problem as well? That's true. Um, you have, you have that, but then you got to find a niche. You got to niche down uh, on the driver, meaning that, yeah, Amazon might be giving them benefits, but where, where is Amazon traveling? How often is the driver getting home? Ooh, yes. So now, if Amazon is saying we're giving you this, this, and this, well, that's for that particular driver. That driver wants to go OTR. Maybe that driver doesn't have the experience to work for a smaller company. Most smaller companies have to have a certain type of insurance because they're a smaller entity, whereas Amazon can take a driver that has six months experience, whereas a small company has a driver probably have to have two years experience but they might be able to get home because their lanes might be different you know amazon might be otr you might go to wisconsin oregon maine back to home for for all our listeners otr is over the road that's the long hauls that's the driving and don't be home for weeks at a time potentially exactly wisconsin oregon maine back home right (laughs) whereas when you're dealing with a smaller company they might not go as far you know yeah. what I'm saying? Some of them do. Don't get me wrong. Some of yeah. them do. But some of them might not go as far. So they're able to get their drivers home. They may be able to put their drivers on a schedule a little bit. They're able to make sure that their drivers have a little bit of leeway with certain things like appointments, getting the kids games. It might yeah. be, you know, it's a, it's a it's a more of a family-oriented atmosphere versus you just being a number. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, got you, got you. So my last question regarding problems. I don't know if this okay. is an opportunity, a problem, a pro. I don't know which one to classicize, but what is your what are your thoughts on the world of upcoming driverless vehicles? The self-driving trucks, right? I'm assuming those are gonna be only over the road. They can't be self-driving in, in you know, the, the last mile or nothing for those big right. rigs. But what are your thoughts on that? Will that be a benefit or, or a problem? Or what do you think that would be? Once it actually is in full operation, well, I'm gonna say this: uh, it, it's something like I said, janitorial steps, right? Mm. So we actually got to go through the process. We got to see. We don't know. I mean, I've heard stories that some of the trucks already been in accidents already. Ooh. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know, one accident in an experiment or a change like that in the industry, they're gonna they're gonna blow that up and make it into something that it could be a problem or it might be just a mishap. We don't know how that works. You know what I'm saying? I mean, True. if that truck get in an accident and kill somebody, like, how is the government going to handle that? Is the government going to 
brush it under the rug so they can keep the, you know, because they're trying to get away from fuel. I mean, with all these things going on with fuel now, right? Yeah. yeah. So they might brush it under the rug and say, well, we're trying to get away from fuel, so we're going to push these trucks regardless of if they kill somebody or not. I mean, it is. It's just. It's just. We kind of got. We kind of got to see how it works out. Uh, does it help the small companies? That's a good question. I mean, if you can afford to get one, then you know some small companies will have it. But I don't know if they're gonna have a whole bunch of them like they have with the semis that they have now. The fuel, the fuel, the diesel, you know, yeah. semis. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it just yeah. depends. I mean, it's it's a waiting game with that. I couldn't even give you a a solid answer on if it's going to benefit the industry or not. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll compare it to accident rates with actual drivers. And they may say, Oh, well, it's still less than that. And blah, blah. I mean, trucking in general is a restricted industry when it comes to the banking industry. Like very much so. offer less. If you, if they know you have a trucking company because there's more liability, those are huge weapons that are on the road that could kill people at any time if, you know, if not, if careful, if care is not, you know, taken into consideration, if they're not being careful. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah, I, I'm curious at how the whole thing is going to shift when it comes to, I mean, it'll help you in terms of you won't have a problem finding drivers because there's so many bad drivers or very little drivers available or whatever. But who knows <laughs> if it's going to help well, you. I mean, well, I mean, we're at a point now where they, you know, they saying that uh, they still need a driver in the truck for the ones that's out right now. So, I mean, we still got to see. I mean, yeah. like I said, we don't know where it's going. I know we'll see within the next year or so, though, you know, where they that's are with it. It's going to really pick up. Well, they already have electric truck now. Uh, they have electric trucks now as we speak. Sure, you have any in your drive, fleet? But... No. Mm-mm. Nah, I mean, are you going to get one? I don't think that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question but i'm i'm waiting to see the results i'm waiting to see you know how all this turns out like you know what i'm saying because they saying basically you know electric trust you got to plug it in just like a tesla or anything else you got to plug it in for so many hours so you only can go about 550 miles Ooh, so it's gonna reduce your ability to stay on the road and if your truck ain't on the road it ain't making money kind of it's gonna reduce it um i mean i'm sure they're gonna have you know, pods or whatever yeah. set up for you to be able to get it, you know, charged up. But, yeah. you know, I don't know if every place that you can go or every lane that you can go, you're going to be able to charge your truck up, though. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So my lane, time. right, my lanes, it might not have charging ports everywhere yeah. that my, my trucks go. So now what do you do? Because it's not like it's a dual. It's not like yeah. it's electric and diesel. It's electric. Electric only. Yeah. yeah. So now I've faced that problem. Listen, I'm, you're preaching to the choir because I remember driving my Mach-E, the um, Ford Mustang Mach-E Ford, right. electric. Mm-hmm. Great car, man. Love it. And I drove it from like Miami to Tampa and it totally screwed me over <laughs> because I, I took, I took a note of the charging stations along the path right mm-hmm. but i did is this was my first you know over the road trip with my car <laughs> mm-hmm. um i didn't realize that the the charging stations that i took note of they weren't fast chargers so when oh. i got to it thinking okay cool i'll stop at these along the way just to keep tapping up then i got to it and it was like oh two days to fill up <laughs> i was like what i was like oh hold oh, on no. 
Now I'm See? scrambling trying to find charges along the route. I'm like, wait, all these charges are not fast charges. And I didn't know. The map didn't tell me that. Look, look, look what you just said. You didn't know. So you had experienced it yourself. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. Boots on the ground. So you didn't know. You you did research. Yeah. Yeah. And still your research, your research didn't give you all the details that you needed to do that yeah. trip in the time frame you were trying to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And that's how this then that's how this gotta go. I mean, you're a very diligent person, and look what happened. Yeah. You still had to go through it. So that's yeah. what I'm saying with this everything within the trucking industry. We got to see how this goes with the electrical trucks. You so know what I'm saying? Did, but I know we're gonna see a big difference in a year or so though. Sure that, true that. So we did have a question that popped up. I want to ask you too. It says, Do you offer any B2C services like car transport or cross-country household moves or anything like that in your company? No, no. Uh, we had a contractor that used to do it at one point, but we haven't. I mean, that contract, I think the contract that we had, I think they they either shut down or they're not running their trucks right now. Yeah. Uh, the industry, because I don't know if they have enough freight to gotcha. to keep going. We was an outlet for them because of, you know, the networks and the community that communities I'm in. Yeah. I'm around people that have certain cars. They had enclosed trailers, so it was easy for me to say, oh, okay, well, you know, we, we provide a service, you know what I'm saying, through the contractor. But I don't know if they're running right now. That's the thing. They don't, I don't have the relationships to keep running, you know, the, the upper level, upper scale cars. A lot of cars are not even moving around like that now as they, as they were when we first got. I mean, how many people moving cars right now? That's true. That's I true. mean, think about it. I mean, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> <Put> that, <way. laughs> that you is know true, bro. Yeah. Sure. So a lot of people are moving cars. So I have something called the trillion dollar table challenge mm-hmm. in this country. Well, first of all, I found the book. So this is the book I want you to consider reading. Okay. Why should white guys have all the fun? Okay. Story of Reginald Lewis, how he created a billion dollar business empire from acquisitions, in particular leveraged buyout acquisitions. Right. Okay. Now, this trillion there's three main ways of creating wealth in this country, in this world. Real estate is one. Mm-hmm. The financial markets is next, like stocks and forex and options and even crypto. But then owning a business, whether you build it or buy it, is the other. Now, building it is the better option because you get that head start. Most companies don't even make it to five years. Over, I think it's over 80% are shut down in five years, just gone. Less than 5% ever make it to seven figures. So now if you can acquire businesses that are already past that phase and already making that revenue, you get mm-hmm. that head start. So the trillion dollar table challenge is a challenge that I'm putting out for this decade, right? It ain't a quick challenge. This ain't no quick play. We're building sustainable wealth, sustainable growth, and, and generational wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Will you, the challenge is I want to sit in a room at a table, other people that look like us, and we have a trillion dollars AUM, assets under management. That doesn't mean a trillion dollars cash in my pocket. If I own mm-hmm. a portfolio, look at that, that one business I mentioned where they pulling in 20 million in revenue. Mm-hmm. But I'm only keeping one million in profit. But I'm mm-hmm. managing an asset that has 20 million top line revenue. Will you be at that table with the trillion dollar table challenge? 
with my business or with another no, whatever it takes to get there do you will i see you there are you gonna make that a goal as well yeah i'll make that a goal if i reach my goal i'll definitely tap in there we go there we go bro definitely. so i'm also gonna help you with that because i want to see you acquiring because the three major ways of creating true wealth mm-hmm. you gotta acquire some um businesses but also right now is a prime time to acquire some some new stock which is a little portions of business because the blue mm-hmm. chips are all on sale right now you know you want to get those blue chips uh the the the, the amazons the googles the apple mm-hmm. their stock prices have all fallen because of this recession that we're in so if you scoop them up now and the history tells you that the stock market always rebounds and hold it for a long term you could create more wealth that way too. So mm. I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging all of our listeners to get into all three, right? But at least do one. And I recommend business acquisitions because it could take you from zero to a billion dollars with a capital B. So I'm gotcha. looking forward to seeing you there, Mitch. Definitely. Definitely, man. My brother, my brother. Mm-hmm. So tell the people how they could tap in with you, man. Uh, you know, how they could find you, how they could reach you, what what, what uh, social media you on, anything like that. Yeah, you can tap in with me on uh, Instagram um, at Mitch, M-I-T-C-H underscore E-A-M-H-O. Um, awesome. That's the only platform that I really, you know, my vibrations is on right now. So Got you, got yeah. you. We'll make sure we put that down in the, the mm-hmm. description below. But Mitch, my brother, yo, hey, it was a great conversation, man. You helped yes, us to expose the trucking industry and everything that goes along with it, brother. Yes, hey, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you for showing up, man. Anytime, anytime you need anything, I got you. But first and foremost, I want to see you acquiring some businesses, too. Yes, sir. I got to get into that. I know you keep getting on me about that, man. For sure. For sure. <laughs> All right, everybody. So that's another episode of Entrepreneurship Exposed, where we expose the trucking industry. Make sure you are liking and subscribing and turning on that notification bell. Make sure you're on all podcast platforms, checking out every episode because you don't want to miss this information. Mm-hmm. And information can change your situation. I'm out. See you next episode. See you guys, bees, and our guest, Mitch from Iamo. Let's go. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.